It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show. Um, I have as a returning guest, Doug Warner. But before we get to our topic of the day, um, you know, uh, we have been living in a COVID world now for pretty much close to a year, I think, Doug. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it it, has it been, seems longer. <laughs> it has been an ongoing battle for so many people. And as I understand it right now, we do have another virus that has come out uh, that is a little more um rapid i guess and contagious but not necessarily more deadly but you know so we're fighting it on all fronts so if you go to my website uh it's www.synergyconnectionradio.com and if you're on that website you will see a connecting link to boomers forever young and they are one of the official sponsors of this podcast um what they have is world-class health products, natural products, and one of their signature products is something called Gladiator Barley. And Gladiator Barley uh, will improve your stamina, it removes toxins from the body, it actually rebuilds on a cellular level, so for guys and gals both, you're going to increase your muscle mass. And my understanding is that we do lose about 1% of our muscle mass every year so like in 10 years from say the age of 40 to the age of 50 you've lost 10 percent you know another 10 years <laughs> uh you know you've lost another 10 percent so this is a way to stop that um so just keep in mind that the gladiator barley might be a product that you want to seriously look at if you decide to order it use my name l-u-c-y in the promo code and you're going to get five dollars off of each and every order and gladiator barley by the way is gluten-free for those who think that they can't use something like that it is actually a sprout when it's harvested so it is not a grain at that point so it can bring you peak performance every single day and I have a lot of friends that are using it and I use it and for gals or guys for that matter either one of you it will give you peak performance at night as well if you're interested in that Um, So, I want to introduce my guest now. Um, It's Doug Warner. He's a yoga and meditation teacher, as well as a certified labyrinth facilitator and storyteller. (laughs) And um, we have been talking about stories. We're actually going to do a little project together um, down the road, and I think it's going to be great fun. Mm -hmm. And and it is, you know, the way stories uh, definitely impact who we think we are. Uh, he's also a Florida licensed massage therapist, and you can find him at warnerhealingguidance.com, which is located in Largo, Florida, if you live in the Pinellas County area. So our topic today is how powerful stories can guide our lives. And so I'm going to toss the ball to you <laughs> and, um, and let you also maybe tell people uh, at the beginning how to reach you if they sure. want to just talk sure. to you. Sure, sure. Thanks, Lucy. I think the best way to, to reach me, especially if you want to talk about or discuss any of the stuff we talk about today or any of the other podcasts, uh, my email address is my best vector for communication, and it's Douglas, D-O-U-G-L-A-S, at warnerhealingguidance.com. It's a little long, no spaces, but that's my email address. That's going to be our best vector for communication. Okay. Um, I'm, just, I'm going to keep it simple. Because phone calls and texts and all that stuff is it's kind of cumbersome. But um, I really I want to say this up front is that I really encourage folks to engage. If you just have a comment, you have a statement, you may have a counterpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really engage it because I I, I engage students um, via email that I've had for 10, 15 years. I'm still talking to people. I think that's awesome, though, because uh, one of the things that's so important are these connection points. Absolutely. And uh, so just because you connect with somebody for a moment or a weekend or or a class class doesn't mean that they're out of your life necessarily forever. No, no, no. I I try to, you know, kind of teach, you know, we teach as much, you know, we're trying to teach, I'm trying to teach, I'm trying to do, you know, offer whatever little I can, and we all evolve, and so... I, what I've watched is my students evolve, and I evolve too. Mm-hmm. Okay, we change. 
and we, we take these ideas. Today it's going to be about stories. And today we talk about a certain aspect. Five years from now, I may have changed. Right. You may have changed. And we're still having this dialogue. So right. we're, we're kind of following that journey. That's our personal stories. We're following it together. Right. As we evolve through the topics. Well, I mean, and think about it. Um, when we're, you know, two and three years old and we don't know how to read yet, yep. we're being read too, usually, by a grandmother, grandfather, mother, dad, brother, sister. Somebody is reading to us. Yep. And the stories that we listened to so wonderfully back then are not the same stories that we started reading when we were five years later at eight. No. Or five years after that when, you know, we're maybe 13. And, and our understanding of the stories and the depth of perception, you know, what, what the story actually meant and mm-hmm. how it affects us. Mm-hmm. Stories, I, I, I was very, I have to just you know, very briefly kind of put a, a framework with this. I've always, always been enthralled with stories as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was very much growing up with, um, you know, Greek myths. A lot of that, the mythology, I was just, I, I couldn't get enough of that. And uh, other types of stories. I realize is that we all, the human condition, humans, are, we're, we're hardwired storytellers. This is how we learn. This is our most, I want to say primitive, but actually maybe one of our most refined avenues for learning is through stories. Because as one of my students told me, one of my middle school students years ago said I like stories because I can make up the pictures in my own head true as opposed to watching a movie or a video or something and but stories as you said is our somebody reading a story or telling a story to us is our first introduction and that into that whole human learning vector of storytelling you know we can evolve evolve or grow into watching sitcoms or we can watch um what do you call it? Um, Netflix, Netflix, or, or something right. like that. And there are all, all these movies, all these—they're stories, right? Right. And they and, all have lessons. And they all have lessons. And what I find is that not only this is how we learn. Humans learn through images. We are image oriented. It's only somewhat relatively new in human development that words had you know became our vehicle. But every time you say a word, almost every time, there's an image that comes up. Mm-hmm. So the word stimulates a picture in the brain. So we realize, you know, from cave paintings to, you know, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. That might even be a title of a book, Cave Paintings to Star Wars. <laughs> Is that you know, stories and these, and what, what, and what stories, it's not just any story. I think that um, it's our primal human, uh, human communication, but we also find that stories are designed to teach us how to live. Mm-hmm. They're really how we learn to live. Mm-hmm. Somebody can dictate to you, here are the five rules of living. And it's blah, 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 in one ear and out the ear. But if I give you, a, I tell you a story, mm-hmm. that sinks in. That's really how we learn. Mm-hmm. And we find that the story, we find that especially when, I, I mean, I raise kids. I got two kids, I got a grandchild. So... If I want to tell my, I remember growing, when my kids were growing up, and I wanted to make a point. And I said, well, you shouldn't do this, or you should do that. I could give it to them as a, you know, dictation. But if I said to them, you know, I remember years ago when I was in this situation, and I encountered this, and this is how I handled that situation. Whether I succeeded or failed, that's not the point. They're hearing me tell my story. Exactly. And I'm teaching the point I'm trying to teach. And I, re- I learned this eventually as a parent, grandparent, that, you know, really, if you want to tell them a story and tell them something real, don't make some stuff up if mm-hmm. you can't help it. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, boy, when I was your age, I really screwed up. I did this, and I did that, and I made this decision, and this is how it turned out. That made such a big impression on my kids versus me saying, okay, here's the way you should do it. Right. So we realize is that these are our teaching vehicles, and the stories are not just our, uh, they're a teaching vehicle for our kids, but they're also how we, I think, can most optimally guide our lives. Stories, every culture has teaching stories. And there's a lot of motifs, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of folks out there who, um, 
Carl Jung to tarot cards to all these other things that have these different um, roles or these different paradigms or these different, uh, you know, you have the, the what, the, uh, the joker, you have the... Magician. The magician, you have the lover, you have this, you have the that. The hangman. The hangman, you have all... <laughs> but in reality, I think there's one image that there's one story mm-hmm. that encompasses the human condition, and that's the hero's journey, the hero's story. And this was, of course, um, if anyone's familiar with Joseph Campbell, who uh, recently, you know, deceased a few years ago, a mythologist, this was his thing. And he was, a, he was a big teacher of mine through his books and whatever. Mm-hmm. The hero is the ultimate paradigm. That is the metaphor for the human condition, in my opinion. You know, uh, Disney has always used that, and Pixar is using mm-hmm. it now with, with stories. And there is a new one out called Soul. I don't know whether you're familiar with it. I haven't seen it, but I, I've, I've, I've yeah. seen the advertisement. It's and, beautiful because, you know, he falls through an open manhole cover and basically dies before he's discovered his purpose. Right. And so the whole show is about what is the soul's purpose. Um, Lion King. You same know, thing. Same thing. You know, the journey of the hero, which is the small lion, you know, thinks that he has killed his father because that's the, mm-hmm. the message that he was given. And then he has to go through that growth of understanding who he is and come back and, you know, take him on. Take, and, you know, we were talking about that before the show began, that we take on our own demons. Yep. And so I, I love the fact that you use Lion King. I said, I don't use that readily, but that's a great one because it, it, it kind of goes back to this, these components of the hero's journey. Every spiritual tradition I'm aware of presents us a hero mm-hmm. or a number of heroes. And the Jewish tradition, the, the, the Torah, the Old Testament is full of heroes. Anywhere from, you know, Solomon to David to um, Abraham. Abraham, all of them, Moses, they're all heroes in their own way. They mm-hmm. went through these different, but they went through the same heroic, the hero's journey, because it is a journey. Mm-hmm. And the hero's journey is not a journey to transformation. It's a journey of transformation. Uh, and that's such a huge difference. It's a difference. It's not that they're moving towards a goal. It's the journey that transforms them. Right. And this is important because that is a huge lesson because it's not that we're, you know, when it's we get... It's not a destination. It's not a destination. It's a journey. And I know that's very cliche but at the end of our life, it's not that moment of denouement. It's like, bong. No, it was the whole journey that transformed you. I'm going to uh, give you a, a little example of something that happened in Green Bay, Wisconsin, because I was working with a family. My specialty is bereavement. Mm-hmm. And so I was working with a family whose child had died at age 15. And this child stood for so many different things. He was an amazing young man who was an old soul for sure. Mm-hmm. But after his death, uh, because of who the family was in the community, everybody knew them pretty well, they had a, a banner and the banner the Packers actually carried Hmm. into the stadium for a number of years and that banner is now out at Austin Straubel Airport which is the Green Bay Airport Mm -hmm. and it says the journey is the reward and so if we actually look at our path through life from birth until whenever we die that is the journey and the journey can be the reward if we look inward and not outward and if you follow, and, and these stories are designed to teach us over and over again mm-hmm. what you just said. When we have to, we need a touchstone mm-hmm. for what's going on. If we can start to reframe, and this is a very, this is something I do in workshops and in one-on-one work with people. Can you reframe your life, which you may at this point look as a disaster? Look at how I screwed up. I've screwed up from day one. Or, I have been magic from day one. I have, six, I have been successful from day one and nobody can touch me. Both of those are delusions and illusions. Okay? <laughs> you are neither the failure or the ultimate success. You're on a journey. And sometimes, you know, as been said, it's harder for a rich man to uh, make it to the kingdom of heaven or realization as, you know, moving through the, you know, an eye through it, you know, it's going through the eye of a, uh, of a camel needle. through the eye of a needle, right. and that's that's a metaphor for you know this is hard. And the eye of the needle is not a needle that you sew with. It's actually a place in uh, Jordan. They called it the eye of the needle. I Go, did not it, know It was that. going into 
uh, Petra. Okay. And it's a very narrow place in the rocks where a camel can barely make its way through. And it's called the Eye of the Needle. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't the Eye of a Needle here, but it was a camel actually going through this place in the rocks to this city of this carved in stone. Oh. Just a little side note. Trivia. Sorry, guys. Um, anyway. <laughs> nice trivia. <laughs> nice trivia. But so anyway, the point is, is that the hero story is what we have. It, it's, our, it's our primary teaching story. Um, the New Testament is a hero's journey. Mm-hmm. If you look at it like that, the redemption, if you want to call it that, is not somebody who, this is my opinion, if I'm, you know, if I'm taking somebody off, I apologize, not really, but it's that that is every man's journey. Mm-hmm. That is in every woman. I say every man because it's a motif, but every person's journey is we look at that and we look at, you know, oh, if that this is somebody who went through that all the trials and tribulations of being the hero, making decisions along the path. We were given a roadmap. Every I just got done teaching a workshop this last weekend uh, from the Hindu tradition, the yoga tradition on the Bhagavad Gita, and which is um, it's a it's about two thousand year old story. It's an allegory about a hero on the battlefield having to figure out what to do. He's about ready to go into battle and he has this internal dialogue, trying to figure out what am I supposed to do next. And he, it's, this, it's this whole thing of, it's a hero's journey. What does it mean to do, what, what's your duty? What's my purpose in life? All of the hero's journeys are asking the same questions. Mm-hmm. And they are guideposts, and every culture has them. And they're here to inform us. Now, I have broken down the hero's journey into three components. And what you, I want to go back to Lion King with you for a second. Mm-hmm. So the first, the first step in the hero's journey is self-understanding. Who am I? Who am I? Now we see it come up, Lion King. Who's my father? Who's my? You know, and usually, you know, if you think of, there's a lot of stories. You know, what are my origins? Who am I really? Young man going or young woman going out to prove themselves. Sometimes, they go out purposely to find that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're plucked out of life and they're on that journey. Dorothy, the Wizard of Oz, she was plucked out of Kansas. Mir- Miraculous. <laughs> and, 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 and thank God for her, she was plucked out of Kansas. I, I know Kansas. She was plucked out of Kansas and sent on a hero's journey. Uh-huh. You know, Ulysses Odysseus went out looking for his father. Um, Lion King. My father, living up to what does it mean to my, be my father and, and that whole thing. So this is all about and Star Wars, Luke and Darth Vader. Darth Vader. It's the whole thing is that who am I? Mm-hmm. Where are my roots? I think that's why Ancestry.com yeah. has become so, so popular is that a lot of times we want to go back and look at those past roots. And I know I had a past life reading done before the end of 2020 and I had never had one done. It was very, very fascinating. But I showed up, you know, at least as she's questioning me, in 1020. And I was a Viking in what is now Nova Scotia. Hmm. And so it's fascinating because the threads are all there. What I saw and now what I'm researching, I could not have known. But there it was. That's really interesting. That's, that's great. So, yes, so there's obviously um, our, our initial part of the quest, but who am I? Right. And who am I at various levels? Right. And we're and what, always evolving. And what's and, and this is an important point to me personally. It's what is my purpose in life? Now, this is one of the things that we get hung up, and there's a zillion books out there talking about the meaning of life. I believe that is totally irrelevant. Meaning of life. Mm-hmm. Meaning is a construct construct of the intellect. Right. You're trying to impose what you suspect would be meaning, as opposed to meaning does not propel you to action. Mm-hmm. Meaning is an intellectual toy. What is my purpose? What, what is the purpose? Not only my purpose individually, but what is, what's the basic human purpose here? What are we trying to do? Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other workshop. That's a whole other talk. It is a whole other. We talk. did a little bit of that before, but I'm right. and so so the initial part of the the um, and, and and so that, that self understanding step one self understanding what's my purpose what's the quest what am I going after you think about if you understand mythology a little bit and you think about the Knights of the Round Table and the holy search for the Holy Grail mm-hmm. the Grail is a metaphor 
That was their quest. They were going after that. Getting the grail didn't mean anything. It was the journey, the journey and all the stories it. of the Knights of the Round Table as they went to journey to find something that was not even to be found. Right. Well, they think it's in Nova Scotia now. <laughs> oh, they think it's back to Nova Scotia. <laughs> no, right. okay. Well, will you bring it back for us <laughs> since you've been there? Right. <laughs> but it, it, it's so it, the, the quest is, is propelling people into the, what, what's my purpose? Who am I? I need to set out on this thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And once it's. And isn't that what Columbus did in a way? And, he you did. Know, he, he leaves looking for the new world, but that's a metaphor too. Sure it is. Because the new world is the perception of what he wanted to find. And the interesting metaphor, if you want to go with that, is that Columbus, he knew the direction he needed to go, but his perception of what, he had a preconceived idea of what he was going to find. Right. And don't He knew all? the trajectory. <laughs> the trajectory was that line of longitude. It was about 43 degrees longitude, something like that, that was actually India. If you just followed all the way around, it goes to Hispaniola. Right. But he was thinking he was going to India, but he had a trajectory. He had an azimuth for his compass. Mm-hmm. But what he thought he was going to ended up being something totally different. Well, and in a way, again, you know, going back to the hero's journey, um, in a way, as we look at romantic novels, as we look at some of the sitcoms and the movies that are out there, we have this idea of what a loving relationship looks like. Mm-hmm. And that's our trajectory. But how many people ever find that? It's, and, and so much of that, I think, has to do with preconceived ideas. Mm-hmm. Where we have expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and those expectations, you know, I, this is a little bit of a tangent here, but we're in the January. We're still in January, and I talk to the students about how many of you still do New Year's resolutions? Almost no one raises their hand. And most of them are kind of on you know, our generation. Mm-hmm. And I said, why not? Yeah, they don't work. They don't work. You I said, why don't they work? <laughs> I said, why don't they work? Well, because they fail. It's because you're establishing, you have false expectations. You're establishing a black and white, all or nothing paradigm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stop this. I'm going to start that. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, like Columbus, I'm moving in this direction. Right. What I find may or may not be what I thought I was going to find. But I know, I know I'm going to move in the direction of being healthier as opposed to say, I'm going to lose 20 pounds by March. I'm going to start exercising three times a week. All this, and you start, you fall off the wagon and you failed and now you're done. And you said, mm-hmm. these don't work. Mm-hmm. Instead of process language. I don't know what's out there, but I know that's the direction I want to go. Mm-hmm. And if you fall off the wagon, you get back on. You fall off, you get back on. Anyway, that's a little side note. And that's what the hero has to do. The hero becomes more and more clear the direction they're going and starts to strip away their expectations because this is what happens. Think about Dorothy on the, on the yellow brick road. Mm-hmm. What was her direction? Follow the yellow brick road. Right. What was her expectation? That she gets to Oz and she's going to get all the answers. She had a direction, but it turned out a lot different than she expected. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So the hero is gets to so the first step in the hero's journey is that looking for your identity what are my roots who am i what's my purpose what's my quest all these kinds of things and the last thing you should be asking is what do i do when i grow up you should be the last thing is what do i do for a job the job is important by the way everybody you know making money is an issue okay but it's not often coinciding with your, your journey your purpose mm-hmm. We make money so we live, mm-hmm. to nourish the body and all these other things. Mm-hmm. But it may not be how you manifest your purpose. Right. And it might allow you to find your purpose. It might, and you, if you can be totally blessed, if you're, if you're, what you do to make money is somehow actually married up to your purpose. Oh my gosh. Then it becomes awesome. <laughs> then it is like totally awesome. So the second, the second part, and one of the things too is that stories, um, if, if we could, so the idea is, that can I start to see my, can I reframe my life as a hero's journey? Can I sit back and say, wait a minute, you know, I've been beating myself up all these years thinking, A, I'm either a total failure or I'm a total success or something. I have make, making no sense of it. But then I'm saying, wait a minute, let's look at myself. If I put the, the template of a hero's journey over it, 
the two things I understand, I start to make sense of things I did, things, you know, desires I had, things I was pursuing. But it also gives me hope because it's not over until, the, as I said earlier, the last punctuation mark on the last word on the last sentence of the last chapter of the book. Right. And so you can be 40 having a midlife crisis. Yep. You could be 70 trying to realize that, um, you know, have I reached maybe all the goals that I did set for myself? Mm -hmm. And is there still time to go out there? Or do I now just sit and contemplate the things that I never got to do? And be careful of goals. Mm -hmm. Because as Joseph Campbell said, you know, are you going to end up being that person who climbed the ladder of success only to find that your ladder was on the wrong wall? Yes. Well, remember Hope for the Flowers? Did you ever look at that book? No. Okay, um, just very briefly for people that might want to find it uh, to read to a child. Uh, it's about a butterfly named Yellow and a butterfly named Stripe. And they are climbing the caterpillar tower. And all the caterpillars are falling off at the top. And so they know there's something up there, but they don't exactly know what it is. And finally, Yellow uh, is a little female, and she says, no, this is not the answer for me. And so she starts going backwards, you know, and everybody's stepping on everybody to get to the top, mm -hmm. and she's going backwards. And what she does is she, of course, you know, spins her cocoon and emerges later as a beautiful yellow butterfly. And she goes to find Stripe, who's still on his way up the, <laughs> the, ladder. <laughs> the ladder, and uh, convinces him that uh, he is a butterfly. So it's a very sweet um, story, but it, again, teaches that, um, you know, be careful where you got your ladder. <laughs> be careful what you have your, where you have your ladder. And did you mm -hmm. choose that wall, or did you just put your ladder up against someone else's wall and think that uh, it's mine? Mm-hmm. So the, the first step of the hero's journey is that, that, that um, self-understanding. The second one, the second step, as I see it, is self-transformation. This is actually the meat of the journey. This is where the foot is on the path. Mm -hmm. All right, And this is where the hero encounters um, allies, okay. enemies. Sure. And usually those demons and monsters are metaphorically within us. But we attract but, but, what but we the, need. But the story has them outside. You know, right. you, you meet a dragon, you meet a this or a that, or a Balrog or something, you know, or Jesus in the desert for 40 days, and he goes up and he, you know, he has this metaphorical, I believe, encounter with, with the devil. And the devil tempts him. That's an internal dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have anything you want. You can have anything. You can go this way, you can go that way. Mm -hmm. You know, and the desert is not just the desert, which is pervasive in the Middle East, but it's the internal, it's, it's, it's James Joyce's The, the Wasteland. It's the internal desert. Mm -hmm. When everything else is stripped away, all your false identities, all your false notions of yourself, and the hero comes to that place in that journey where everything you thought was the way it was gets stripped away. And you're left in the wasteland, in that desert. And then those internal demons start to talk to you. Well, you know, this is what you could do, and that's what you could do. And you, you come out one way or the other. And the hero de normally defeats those demons, those inner, de those inner monsters, if you will. And uh, going into the labyrinth or the, the maze, as Theseus did, mm -hmm. he went in and confronted his own minotaur. The minotaur was his demon. And he realized when he came to that, that that was a pathetic creature. And he killed it out of mercy, not out of anger. And he found his way out. And that's another story. That's another story. That's another story. <laughs> so the second, um, and I think I would be remiss if, if I didn't tell a story. I have a number of their favorites. But one of the things that these stories do is they, they give us, as we talked about before we came on air, is it, mm -hmm. it, it help, we can, you and I can sit here in Florida and uh, we can hear a story from ancient times or from India or from Africa or from, you know, the Eskimos, a culture that we have really no connection with. But the story, we can understand it because there's an approximation of an experience that we get in the story that we can all relate to. Mm -hmm. So one, uh, uh, this, one of those stories along that line is that I love samurai stories. Mm. The Zen tradition gives us a lot of samurai stories. So there's this one story, talking about approximating an understanding of an experience. Um, 
so there was this little Buddhist monk sitting on a rock meditating, little frail guy sitting there meditating and very, you know, very blissful. And coming down the road, coming down the trail is this big burly samurai, you know, with his swords and the whole thing. And he comes up to the monk and he sees the monk sitting there and he says, monk, I want you to tell me the difference between heaven and hell. The monk looks up, opens one eye and looks up. I, you know, eyeballs him up and down and says, hmm, how could I teach you anything? You're dirty. You're, you're a mess. You call yourself a samurai? You're, your sword's probably even rusty. Of course, now the samurai starts to get infuriated. And he starts getting angry. And his face turns red and his eyes bulge and drool's coming down his mouth. And, and just at the peak, he takes out his sword. And just as he's going to cut the, the, the monk down with his sword, the monk looks up and goes, that's hell. <laughs> and the samurai stopped. And he dropped his sword. And he realized in that moment that this little, this, little, this little monk was willing to give his life to teach him a lesson. Mm-hmm. And he sank to his knees on the trail. And a smile came over his face of extreme peace. And the monk opened one eye and looked at him and said, that's heaven. So we don't need to know about samurais. We don't need to know about monks. But there's an approximation of an experience there mm-hmm. that we get. So anyway, so the second stage of the hero's journey, again, I said, is the trail. It's, it's called the path of transformation. Remember, it's a transformative path, not a path towards transformation. And so this is where, as I said, the hero meets their demons. They meet their uh, allies who are your friends. And you have these uh, transformative experiences. So that kind of goes back to Lion King, how he was with his friends. He was with his friends, who his allies. Right, right. And often the hero has, is given sometimes, or discovers, um, powers. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're given a special weapon, or a sword, or a magic wand, or something. Harry Potter. Harry Potter, <laughs> he had a wand. So you start to see this. Uh-huh. And so asking yourself, where, what are my powers? What, when am I taking on this journey, my hero's journey? What are my strengths? What are my powers? Yeah. Where, where do I go to know if I'm making the right move? Where do I go to understand what right action is? How do I know if I'm doing the right thing? That's, this is a big thing. Right. What are my resources? Right. And so, so if you're being given, you know, like in the case of Harry Potter, a wand or uh, any of the other type of, of mm-hmm. you know, things that we're talking about, the gifts might surprise you where they come from. Absolutely. Something that you thought may have been a detriment is actually a gift. Uh-huh. Think about some stories where, oh, something looks like a burden in my life all of a sudden has become my gift. How many times have you heard, because I've heard it over and over again, people that come down with a chronic illness or even acute like cancer, cardiovascular, uh, heart attack mm-hmm. kind of thing, where they go, it was my wake-up call, mm-hmm. it was my gift. It and became their superpower, if you will. It yes. became their, their, their shield, their sword, whatever those mm-hmm. metaphors are. Mm-hmm. An experience can give you a depth of perspective. Right. And it can, you know, I thought being, um, you know, crippled was, was, was a, you know, a curse. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it became my superpower. Right. In some way. So we start the hero. If, again, you don't see these things unless you're reframing your vision of yourself in this, this metaphor, this allegory. It's a hero's journey. It is. And it's not, it, 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 what did that give you? Well, that, I was able to go down that path because I had that thing. Right. And sometimes, you know, people that are going down a path, they really have no alternative. I mean, they could just stop oh, and, every- and not go any further. But... A lot of times it's just you put one foot in front of the next, in front of the next, and the destination that you keep arriving at takes you into places you've never dreamed of. And actually, as Thich Nhat Hanh says about walking meditation, your destination is at the end of every step. Yes, I, I would say that's true. Every step is a destination. And look around. And look around. And you, you start to realize, I mean, I, I've talked in some of our other podcasts about, uh, I know, a pilgrimage a number mm-hmm. of years ago when my son, we went to Santiago 
in Spain and you know 30 days of walking every day and our the blisters on your feet yeah and the percept the perceived destination of being this cathedral thing right and that was so irrelevant I hate to say it but when you got there it wasn't the destination it wasn't bells it wasn't it was the journey that was transformative and of course that's you know it's, it's a very strong metaphor so who are your enemies? Who, are you, who what are you, what demons what are you following? You know, we talked about before before our session here. If you're familiar with Lord of the Rings, you know, Gandalf the Grey wrestles with this demon, this Balrog and goes into the abyss and barely barely makes it out. Mm-hmm. But he transforms into Gandalf the White. So the hero's journey brings us to this place of transformation is a process. But often in more times than not, we have to go to a, um, it becomes a, uh, you bottom out. You, you, you hit the abyss. Um, I had a, there's a, there's an, ex, I want to look at it here real quick. There's something I wanted to say here that is that you, the hero falls in the abyss, but it's this, momentary capacity you surrender you're you're down there you're wrestling how many of you ever hit the bottom mm-hmm. okay you you come to a place of bottoming out and then transforming you know it's um what's the word i'm, I'm missing a word here but um like collapse you, you collapse before you uh it's a it's a breakdown to a breakthrough yeah, I've heard that before. A breakdown to a breakthrough. And I think that this is a common theme in the hero journey. The hero goes out with expectations and there's a breakdown to a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Is, and until you come to that breakdown place where you confront your inner demons, you've come, da, 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 you've had to let go of your expectations, and all of a sudden, Jesus take the wheel, and that's where the breakthrough comes in. Mm-hmm. And that brings us into, so you're on the path you you know what's right action who are my enemies who are my allies what are my superpowers all these things you're doing you're, you're, you're moving in this path and then you come to the third stage of the hero's journey which is um, self-realization I like the word transcendence there's a difference between transformation and transcendence transformation is a process transcendence is where you're moving out of one perspective into a whole new perspective right. that's the key the hero doesn't necessarily change their circumstances they change their perspective so I'm going to use um, the chakras well, as a little bit of an example sure, here. Because sure, that's a good one. I, I think, you know, when we're in that transformation, if you will, you know, it is a stream of energy that mm-hmm. goes from the root to the crown. But when the crown is open and you have access to your other six chakras, mm-hmm. that might be the transcendence part, is that all of a sudden our information becomes quite uh, unworldly at that point mm-hmm. and we get insights that we wouldn't normally be able to get or energy we would not normally have and i'm going to i like that you open that up because i want to say something about the, the chakra i think one of the interesting things the folks who understand what the chakra thing is there's seven primary chakras there's three lower chakras mm-hmm. they the root chakra second third <coughs> chakra they come up to the diaphragm there's the heart chakra and then there's three above that the linchpin, <laughs> the gate you have to pass through, mm-hmm. the transformative, and this is, thank you for bringing this up because we talked about that the second stage is transformation. The transformation that brings you from being on the path to transcendence is breaking through the heart mm-hmm. because you don't get to the upper chakras without Going aligning the heart chakra, mm-hmm. the place of compassion. Right. Untangling the knots of the heart, as the Upanishads say. Right. And what the hero learns is that the path to transcendence is compassion. And that then opens up those other ways of knowing in the upper three chakras that you know you talked about. You know, mm-hmm. and this is the transcendence. That transcendent moment is um and I think I've said this before in another another podcast, but there, you know, again going back to Campbell, Joseph Campbell. He talks about this a uh, couple different things. One of the cases he gave about the policeman who was called to a jumper, you know, a suicide person who was going to jump, someone was going to jump off a bridge. 
the policeman rolls up, the guy's on the edge of the, the bridge, he runs out of the car, and he grabs this guy around the legs. And as the guy's going over, it almost takes the policeman with him. I mean, just hanging on for dear life until somebody comes over and, you know, they help him and everybody's safe. And a reporter came up to that policeman and said, what in the world were you thinking? <laughs> right. What were you doing? You could have been killed. He said, I don't know. He said, I don't really know. But he said, something just came over me and I realized that whatever happened to that young man who was going to jump was happening to me. Hmm. That was a momentary transcendence, losing the sense of me and you, losing that sense of dualistic thinking and realize that we're all connected. Right. And what happens to my fellow person, my fellow human, is happening to me at some level. Now that often happens in a flash and it's gone. You know, and I can tell you, uh, having been in the army for a while, uh, nobody trained, you're never trained to throw yourself on a hand grenade for your fellow soldiers. That's not something that's in anybody's training. But you hear this stuff. Why would somebody do that? I may be surrounded by people I don't really even know. And a hand grenade comes into the trench and somebody throws himself on the hand grenade. There was a momentary breakthrough. It was a breakdown to a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. That for a moment, they stepped out of that dualistic mind and realized that we're all connected. And what happens to these guys is as important as happens to me. It's not something you can train for. Remember when um, December 21st, we had the alignment of Saturn and Jupiter. Mm-hmm. And it was called the Christmas star. Mm-hmm. And, but it was also called the ascendance the, the mm-hmm. beginning of the age of Aquarius. Mm-hmm. And so we were all uh, in a, at least a, a pathway of being able to move into ascendance. So a lot of what you're saying right now is that too, that, that when you get heart-centered and your heart controls your intellect versus your intellect controlling your heart, then we have the ability to ascend or transform. Absolutely. who we are at that moment. And I think there were a number of people. I was um, over at my favorite little beach, uh, which is Crystal Beach, and um, there was a ton of people there with their telescopes and their binoculars and their cameras, you know, taking a picture of this star. And people were playing Age of Aquarius in oh, the nice, background. Nice. So it was just... Fifth cool. dimension. Yeah, it was a very cool experience for everybody that was there. But we do. We have that ability to move into a slightly different pathway now that we have moved into 2021 and we can say that you know it the choice is ours it's always a choice i think we're with all the things that are going on is also has if you look at you know covid and if you want to look at the political scenario the economic scenario all these things together could one could say and and many people have probably feel that they have come into a breakdown. Uh-huh. Maybe not economically, some definitely economically, but some in other ways. Uh-huh. And well, yeah, they, I mean, they've been separated from everything that was maybe important to them. And, and, all had to of, and everything's been stripped away. Uh-huh. Everything that they thought was, was settled, whether it was their investments, whether it was their relationships. I mean, my son, um, basically his relationship, he had, he had you know, a, a girlfriend, if you will, a lady friend, who, because of separation and everything, that started to come apart because they can't be together. Mm-hmm. And there was distance already. So, I mean, everything that you thought was relatively stable is all of a sudden being stripped away. And we're being asked to reframe. And we're asked to really, oh my gosh, I'm. if you can look at where we are now and put yourself on that hero's journey, this, for some of us, is a breakdown maybe to a breakthrough but maybe. what maybe but we we may not be at the other end of it yet right but if you can kind of just step back and say this isn't the end the story's not over <laughs> the final dot's the not five in place. Dot, the period is not in the last <laughs> sentence the last word of the last sentence of the last page but can we refrain because on the other end of this on that path that all these things are happening. We're on the path right now. Most of us are on that path. We're, we're dealing with the demons and we're dealing with all these things. But the last sentence, that transcendence, that is when you have that breakdown to a breakthrough and then 
there's a shift of awareness. There's a shift of consciousness. There's a shift of perspective. And I say consciousness, that sounds like such a big thing. You're expecting, you know, fireworks and everything. It's just you were looking at something from one perspective and you turn it around and look at it from the other direction. I'll go back to Dorothy on the yellow brick road. Dorothy gets to the end. The wizard was a failure. He wasn't what she expected. Mm-hmm. But the one thing the wizard did and the you know, other, the witch, the good witch said, honey, you had it all along. You're right. All you guys, all you alls. You, you, lion, you know, all you, scarecrow, tin tin man, man, everything you were looking for (laughs) Uh in this whole thing, you went through this whole thing looking for something. Where was it all along? It was already there. And that's exactly what soul, when you watch the movie. Okay. You know, he is looking for that breakthrough to his big moment where he can be the musician that his dad was. And everything that he ever wanted was right there. It's all right there. Mm -hmm. And so that was a point. That was Dorothy's transformation. And all of them, to tell you the truth. But we follow Dorothy after, postscript. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what happens with these other characters. But we know what happens with Dorothy. She, oh, the one place she was trying to get out of was Kansas. And Kansas, remember in the beginning of the, story, the movie, it was all black and white. She goes to Oz, it's all Technicolor. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, wonderful. And then she ends up, all I wanted to do, remember the first stage? Who am I? Where's my home? Mm-hmm. All she wanted to do was go home. Go home. Mm-hmm. But she didn't know really what home was. She didn't have the perception of home. She was escaping home, mm-hmm. but now she wanted to go home. So you see, that's the stage. The stage one, who am I? Where's my home? Where's my center? That was Dorothy on the yellow brick road. She got plucked out. Boom. Now you got to get back home. But what you thought was home, you're going to go through a transformation. Mm-hmm. to go back home, to come back to where you began. And you change. Home doesn't change. You change. Right. She goes through this thing. She gets to the to the, the wizard. The wizard's a failure. But she does. she is able, in some way, to get back to Kansas. She wakes back up in her farmhouse in Kansas at the end of the story. It's black and white again. Mm-hmm. Same people. But what's changed is her perspective. Mm-hmm. She is seeing things through new eyes. And that's know, that's, the, that is the hero's journey. That's the transcendence. Right. I always think of kaleidoscopes. I loved them yeah. as a kid. And, you know, you can be looking at it and it's a beautiful mosaic. And you shift it just a little bit and it falls into another beautiful picture. Yep. And so we have that ability to always look around us and see the good that is there. And not just maybe... The negative or the painful or whatever it is and we it's it's about a step letting go and this is letting go part of the the, the hero's journey is really a stripping down and mm-hmm. literally the hero is often in these stories loses everything they lose their possessions they may even lose half their clothing they may you know be just stripped down to their bare you know tattered skin but it's a stripping down because the, that's what the practice is. Stripping away that which is not truly who you are and confronting who you truly are and then coming back transformed. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, in some traditions... And Lion King went home and fought for the pride. <laughs> that's right. And in some traditions, they talk about dying to your old self. Mm-hmm. In other traditions, they talk about killing those things that are not part of who you truly are. But the idea there's death is involved as not it's metaphorical death Mm -hmm. i'm dying to an old self i'm dying to another paradigm and i'm moving into a new one now right now i suspect i can just kind of think from my own perspective um i'm fortunate you know i still have something of a job and my family we're intact and everybody's but most a lot of people i'm gonna say most people a lot of people are still in that path on that they're in that journey where the the trials and tribulations are Coming at them left and right. Where, what do you, what are your anchors? What are your, what are your strengths? What do you have to bring to the game? What, where do you go? In your inside, where do you go to understand it? What, to, how do I make a decision? Where do I go for what I would call right action? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're going to go back to um, maybe a, a faith-based um, place, which is great. Maybe you're going to go back to, <coughs> go back to your stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the faith-based. 
practices have stories. Go back to the stories. Mm-hmm. Don't go back to dogma. Go back to the stories. Right. How did so-and-so deal with something when they were in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights? How did, how did that person do it? How did that person in that tradition do it? Um, Jonah and the whale. <laughs> Jonah and the whale. That's a, that's, a huge, that's a huge metaphor. Talk about transformation coming out. Um, and understanding some of the big things that help us. What are one, of, one of the strengths that we find are on the path to transformation is simplifying your life. Simplicity is a, is a superpower. Every single faith-based religion tells us that. Mm-hmm. Simplicity, let go. What is it I need? What is it I want? Now, there's a little story, just a fun story, kind of about simplicity in the, in the yoga tradition. So, um, and how simplicity can really complicate our journey, or lack of simplicity. So there was the there was a um, a yoga student, if you call it. He was an, and he his teacher um, said to him, "Okay, if you really you really want to embrace the practice, what you need to do is you go need to go up to this cave and don't take anything with you, no clothes, nothing, not one item, and go meditate in that cave." So this young guy says, okay, uh, yeah, sure, I'm going to do that. Um, okay, so he goes up there, and on his way up this trail, he's going, you know, you know, that guy, he's you know, the old yogi, he's, you know, he's kind of extreme. I'm just going to take a loincloth. I mean, come on, how bad can that be? I'm going to take a loincloth. So he takes a little loincloth, and he goes and sits in the cave, and he's meditating, and days go by, and pretty soon he finds... Um, you know, yeah, eventually you have to wash the loincloth, right? So he goes out and he washes the loincloth in the river and he hangs it up on a bush to dry. And uh, he comes back to get it and mice had eaten his loincloth up. It chewed it up. Okay. So he was like, oh my gosh. So he puts this tattered thing back on and he goes back and he goes into town. He's like, I don't know what to do about these mice. So he goes, knocks on the door and said, hey, I, you know, I'm a yogi. I'm trying to do this thing, meditate. I've got this loincloth. It's getting chewed by mice. And the lady says, oh, you need a cat. Cat will take care of the mice. Oh, okay, so she gives him a cat. So he takes the cat back to his cave, and he's sitting there, and he's meditating. Pretty soon he realizes, i got to feed the cat. Well, what do cats want? Milk. So he trakes back down to the, to, the, to the village, knocks on another door, and says, look, I need milk for my, <laughs> for my cat. So pretty soon he's going back and forth getting milk for the cat. And finally he comes back, and he says, the guy says, look, quit coming to me for milk. Get a cow. The cow will give you milk. Oh, okay. So he gets a cow. Now he's got a cat and a cow. And the cat, he's got the cow, and that's all good, but he realizes the cow needs pasture land. And pretty soon he realizes, well, I can't have, pa- I need a, like a, a house. I need like a hut or something here. So he has to get that. And he's got the house, and he's got the cow, and he's got the cat. And somebody says, you know, um, buddy, your life would be a lot easier if you had a wife help you, someone to help you with this thing you've got going. So he, he gets a wife. He finds a lady and he's, they, so now he's got a house, he's got a wife, he's got a cow, he's got a cat, and you see with this growing concern. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon he's totally involved, totally involved with all of this. And one day he's doing his thing with the cows and the farm and whatever he's got, and he gets a knock on the door, and it's his old yogi. And he opens the door and he says, Guruji, Yogi, how, my gosh, how are you? He looked, and the yogi looked at him and said, is that you? I almost didn't recognize you. Because the guy, the yogi was coming around begging food, right? And he says, yeah, it's me. And he looks this student up and down. He says, what happened to you? What happened to your practice? He said, I brought a loincloth. <laughs> so you see how that uh-huh. whole thing just evolved. evolved. And this is how we complicate our lives. Yes. And the power of simplicity to keep us on the path, to keep us on the yellow brick road. I know that was a long story. Well, this was a fun story, I hope. Mm-hmm. But the idea is these stories are telling us, look what happens. It seems simple. I just have this. Mm-hmm. But then one thing becomes two. I don't know about you, but every time I put one thing in the garage, I wake up the next morning, there's two of them. <laughs> I, I'm like The garage pr- procreates <laughs> stuff. I don't know how that works. And pretty soon you can't get your car in the garage. And then garage. I can't get the car in the garage, and then it's a whole other thing. Right. But the idea is, is that the stories are informing us on, and you know, yeah, they're fun, but wait a minute. Why is simplicity important on that path, on that hero's journey? 
there there's a power to that that actually is a superpower can i actually stay simple can i stay and it doesn't it's it's simple means less attached it doesn't mean not having mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. it means can i just can i not be attached to this if i need to move down the road the path is more important than the baggage i'm carrying exactly exactly moving on the path is more important I remember very clearly uh, when I left the St. Louis area and I had friends that were saying, look at what you're leaving, you know, because I was leaving a practice, I was leaving a large home, I was leaving relationships. And I remember even then saying to them, you know, you will recreate what you need. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, these are just things. But what lies ahead of you is the experiences that will give you what you need. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, the, the last, very last vestige of the hero's journey is, you know, we have this transcendence, we have this breakthrough of, of awareness and what have you. But the last part, and this is the linchpin. This is the defining element. The hero is not a hero until they do this. Mm. If you go from point A to point B, you transform, you transcend, and you keep going, da, 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 da. you're just an adventurer. A spiritual adventurer. <laughs> but an adventurer. But an adventurer. Uh-huh. Until you, after you've come to that end, that transcendence, and you realize you change your perspective, you turn around and you go back. Hmm. You go back with the treasure. You go back with the awareness to help others. In the Buddhist tradition, this is called, the, the one who does that is a bodhisattva. The bodhisattva is one who has reached nirvana, has you know transformed, but because of their compassion for humanity, they turn around and come back right. into the world to help others. Right. That is the hero. It's not the hero who keeps going and, and just having wonderful transcended experiences in their own little place. Mm-hmm. It's the one that says, mm-hmm, I didn't do this for me right. alone. This makes me a force of nature to quote uh, George Bernard Shaw who said you know all these practices bring us to a place of becoming a force in nature mm-hmm. and I like I also would equate that to uh, something that Einstein said is that be a healing presence in the world the hero is not only a force of nature but they turn and they come back to the world as a healing as a presence, healing presence yeah. in the world. And right. healing from the Greek actually means to make whole. And that is exactly what we need right now mm-hmm. in this culture yes, is do. to be made whole because we are so fragmented. Right. And I think there are a number of, of people that I know and I'm sure you know and, and I'd like to think that we're two of those individuals that are doing our part to try and help people become more whole or at least uh, discover the journey they're on and uh, recognize that uh, it isn't over till the fat lady sings. It's it's absolutely right. (laughs) It really isn't. Yep. Well, um, I want to thank you again for being my guest. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you for having me again. I thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah. We are going to do a special little program we'll let people know about in the future, but uh, it's going to be a a two-hour Uh, at least uh, maybe three, but at least two, our program that will help uh, relationships make their connections so that uh, they're happier, healthier Mm -hmm. uh, individuals on their path, on their own journey. Absolutely. Together, hopefully. Yes, hopefully, yes. We'll do our best. (laughs) All right. Well, um, anybody who um, is listening to this, of course, you can go to Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Radio, and Apple iTunes, uh, those are all the platforms. You can also go to www.SynergyConnectionRadio.com and uh, please explore Boomers Forever Young uh, and their wonderful products there to help uh, you get through the coming years uh, with uh, less concern about viruses for sure. Hmm. <laughs> so thanks so very much and uh, we will see you next week. Have a great one. Make it your best life. 
Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one -on -one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.